Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. You know, we have this radio show. We tape it every week. We're doing it. We're also streaming it live on Facebook. You can see that on our Facebook page, at the Texas Values Facebook page. And look, there's a lot of talk to talk about this week. Uh, kids are back at school. Um, look, the, the folks that disagree with religious views are back at it again. I'll get into some details on that. But I want to bring in and welcome and introduce our guest today. James Wasolik is the newest member of the Texas Values team. And I assume that you've set up the shot to where they can see you on Facebook Live, James. I can. I was smart enough to get that one in there. Okay, good. So um, James started with us actually somewhat remotely, I guess. I mean, remotely in July, somewhere behind the scenes, but then uh, steadily moved in as I was traveling and and folks were trying to get in a little bit of summer R&R. But look, there's no question that the work we do is, as far as communications is is some of the has some of the largest presence across the state of Texas, whether it's uh, through social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, this weekly radio show that we have. We do a Facebook Live. We um, do regular press conferences. We do we have media come to our office. A lot to manage. And our work, as people know, and if you, you don't know if you're new to the show and to our work, we focus on state issues related to faith, family, and freedom. And more specifically, those are the issues of religious liberty, marriage and family, issues of sexuality, so to speak, and also pro-life efforts. But there's no question that because we're in Texas, a lot of the work we do impacts the rest of the country and can be impacted from other parts of the country, or people at least will try to. And so that's why we're excited to have James as a part of our team. He's one of the newest Texans, too. I am. As a, as a resident of our state, he moved from Virginia but was working in the D.C. area, worked for Heritage um, for Heritage for America. How do I say it? Heritage Action for America Heritage Action is the for exact uh, title of that entity. And people, many people know that is the C4 of Heritage Foundation. He's done a lot of work on campaigns. He's worked for ele- elected officials. But, you know, one of the most striking things that he said in his interview or interactions was that for many years, or at least I was told this, uh, I think, by him or someone else, for many years he had been looking for an opportunity to leave the D.C. area and come to Texas. And so I thought that was a pretty good sign. James, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, your background, and then let's transition into some of the the work that you've had a part of that led you to work for us today. Yeah, so I came, as you said, from the D.C. area. I was actually raised in a town just outside of Washington, D.C. called Frederick, Maryland. Um, I was a homeschool graduate, first grade through high school graduation, went to George Mason University for college, and then kind of did the campaign gunslinger and lived out of the back of my car for a couple years and um, just followed campaigns around and uh, managed races and, you know, had various different roles in there. Got plugged in a little bit um, in the consulting space and the nonprofit space. Um, But as you mentioned, I'd been looking for a job um, outside of D.C., still in politics, and um, anyone who works on the the right side of the aisle wants to come to Texas. And so uh, when I heard about the position here at Texas Values, it was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. Well, look, you know, there's no question when it comes to public policy work, when it comes to, you know, the C4 work we do on the political side of things. We even have a PAC that we use from time to time. There's a broad range of areas and space 
uh, to work on the issues of faith, family, and freedom. And, you know, really there's there's no bigger state than Texas where this type of work is done. I mean, I, and I just say that just from a the perspective of the amount of activity, um, the focus that we do on our work. I mean, look, I was in California over the weekend. There's certainly states like California, Alaska that, you know, um, however you size them up, they may have you know, a larger size or population, whatever the case may be. But if you care about the issues of faith, family, and freedom, and you go to places like California, it's a little bit tougher to do those kind of work and to, to advance things or for them to get as much notice. Or a lot of times you're fighting from behind um, enemy lines, if you will. I hate to state it that way, but more from you're, you're really fighting uphill battles and that's probably a more accurate way to state it. So I apologize to my friends in California, including Jonathan Keller, who I know are doing great work. Um, they're not enemies. I don't want to state it that way. My point is, in Texas, you have an opportunity to really advance things or hold the line, whereas in places like California, a lot of the battles are more difficult. They're uphill, and that can be discouraging. Now, that work is valuable, uh, but for many of us, we, you know, we want to be as close to the front. We want to be making a difference, and and the opportunities to do that are few and far between. And so, I'm excited that you're a part of the team. You didn't come here alone. Tell us about uh, the other part part of your family. Yeah, we came down. Um, my wife and I and, and our West Highland Terrier Willie. We all. Oh, that's uh, right. I forgot about the dog. Yes. Yeah, he's. Uh, my wife would kill me if I didn't fits mention right him. Right in in Austin. <laughs> yeah, a little white fluff ball. He fits in our apartment and uh, helps us fit in undercover here in Austin. But uh, yeah, my wife and I have been married, um, Caitlin, a um, little over two years now. Her birthday was actually last week, so happy birthday. Excellent. Uh, give her a little shout out. So yeah. um, she's originally from Georgia, so a um, little more used to the heat than I am, yeah. but um, Texas is new for both of us and we're, we're loving it. Well, look, uh, I've lived in Texas all my life, and I mentioned I was in California over the weekend um, for a family wedding in I mean, it was 92 degrees. I, it felt kind of cozy. I mean, it felt almost, I don't want to say it was chilly, but I mean, it felt mild. And so, you know, some people there, several people were asking me, you know, how do you feel about the weather? I'm like, fine. I mean, what? I mean, I didn't really notice. I mean, it's, you know, uh, 92 felt um, a little comfortable. But nonetheless, you'll get acclimated, I guess, at some point. But, you know, there's no question. Sometimes the, the, the temperatures get extreme. And even for someone like myself from Houston, I feel it as well. But look, there's a lot of heat, if you will, on a lot of the issues we work on. There is. And one way that you can find out about those is coming to our policy conference. One of the things that James has jumped right into and has to get involved in is this event that we're doing, the Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum. That's on September 7th and 8th. That's right here in the Austin area. That's in Northwest Austin, a beautiful location called the Canyon View Event Center. Um, just tremendous facility. We It holds up to 200 people, a great view on their balcony of the Hill Country. We're going to have the event start at 1 o'clock on Friday. It goes until, I think, 4 or 5. And then we have a private dinner with Lieutenant Governor Patrick that evening on September 7th. And then the conference picks back up Saturday morning. I believe it goes from 9 to 4. Tremendous list of speakers. We have got Attorney General Ken Paxton is going to be our keynote on Saturday. We've got attorney, excuse me, um, attorneys or, excuse me, judges. They are attorneys as well. Eva Guzman and the newest Texas Supreme Court Justice Jimmy Blacklock, they're going to be speaking on Friday. That's going to be a real uh, panel that's going to have a, a lot of highlight, but they're not the only ones speaking on Friday We um, or, or throughout the program. We've got uh, Senate 
member Lois Colcourse, State Senator Lois Colcourse. You know she carried the Privacy Act during last legislative session. We've got Kelly Fedork from Alliance Defending Freedom, who was a part of the winning team for Jack Phillips, who we're going to talk about in a minute with the Masterpiece Cake Baker case, as well as the pro-life case out of California. Speaking of California again, might be talking about that a lot um, in this segment of the show, but a lot of great speakers. It's only $35 to come to this, and there is a promo code, God Bless Texas, that I'll mention for y'all that gets you a little bit of discount. But the $35, I mean, that includes lunch on Saturday. You know, in Chick fil A uh, lunch. Yeah, actually. And I'm hearing Chick fil A. I mean, so really, if you go to Chick fil A, you're probably going to spend $8 to $10 maybe. So really, the conference costs you $25. To hear some of the, the the experts on these issues, the the newest information. This is all up to date, current stuff. What it's about, though, it's it's not a about. This is not a political event. These are elected officials, but they work on these policy issues. It's about educating people about the issues of religious liberty, of marriage and family, all these things exploding when it comes to sexuality. I'm not even going to get into a whole lot of detail about a video I watched yesterday about when it comes to LGBTQ and that there are just a whole host of other letters. There's a lot for people, parents and young people to really know and take in these days. I mean, a lot of things are changing or people are trying to change them. We want people to be educated on these issues. You know, we do work on advocacy. We get involved in court cases. We get involved in legislation. We get involved in these things. We have to stay up to date, but we in no in order for people to be engaged, you know, it's got to be difficult for the average person to catch, you know, to really stay on top of these things. So we've wrapped all this into a day and a half event. And so surely there'll be much more to learn after this. But your best opportunity to find out what's going on on the issues of faith, family, and freedom is to come to our policy conference on September 7th and 8th. If you go to our website, txvalues.org, you can order tickets. Um, I mentioned the promo code for a discount, God Bless Texas. Great opportunity to do that. So I mentioned Jack Phillips. Let well, me before yeah, we move ahead, on here James, real quick. In. Let me just plug this a little bit more here. Um, we are not. We're packing a lot in uh, to this day and a half, guys. There's been a um, the phrase that goes around. Uh, you know, you're drinking from a fire hose. That's really what this is going to be. I mean, we're starting off on Friday. Our first um, speaker topic out of the gate is going to be talking on the proper role of the family, church, and government. So, um, you know, we move in. To things there, proper role of the courts, um, talking about sexual identity and gender issues in depth. We've got a whole um, panel devoted just to that. So um, the schedule is on the website as well. You can go to txvalues.org, check it out there. Uh, but there is going to be a lot of information here. Um, so really encourage well, you guys to come. And one of the things we will be talking about, I can guarantee you, is the state of affairs when it comes to uh, not just at the national level, but the state level, what religious freedom protections are in place when it comes to private business owners like Cake Baker Jack Phillips, okay? So if you hadn't heard, there was a huge Supreme Court case where a cake baker out of Colorado was asked to bake a cake that went against his religious beliefs, his conscience, and, and not just the cake. There, there's a message that goes along with it. And so, and that concerned him. He's a private cake baker. He bakes a whole lot of different types of cakes, but there are some cakes that he doesn't bake. It's not just about his position on marriage. It's other issues that he has of concern as well. And so the state of Colorado has a law that has specific protections for sexual orientation and gender identity. We call those SOGI laws, S-O-G-I, um, for sexual orientation, gender identity, the first letters of each of those, an acronym. So they have a law like this 
that's designed to punish people like Jack Phillips who have a private belief when it comes to their issues of marriage and and things of that nature and, and, and also sexuality. So here's Jack Phillips. You know, this is a private business. He's not, this is not a government entity. He's not in a government building. He's got his own private facility. And you have someone trying to force him to use his business to convey and support a message that he fundamentally disagrees with and does not support. These are custom cakes that he has designed and make. So that cake, that um, this uh, this couple tried to force him to bake this cake, supporting um, marriage between two people, a same-sex marriage. That's something that he does not support. He refused to do that, but he was willing to recommend or to uh, give them other shops where they could go to. And, and it's my understanding there really wasn't any lack of their ability to go somewhere else. I mean, there were other options for them to, for this couple to seek. Long story short, as you might have heard, the case goes up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Supreme Court says, no, the Colorado government cannot act this way. They cannot punish him on this type of issue. And they made a lot of statements that were negative on his religious views that hurt them in the case. Fast forward, that case, Jack Phillips wins at the U.S. Supreme Court, 7-2. You might think, okay, that issue's over, at least for him. No. Apparently, there was a complaint filed right before this case went up to the U.S. Supreme Court, or last year, excuse me, because of someone that was transitioning from male to female that wanted a cake reflecting those kind of views or issues, and that was a cake he did not feel like he could do also. So now there's a new complaint against him. You know, it never seems to end. And so now it's not just the same-sex issue. Now we're in this gender transition issue as well. And here Jack Phillips finds the Colorado government is after him again. We'll be talking about that at the policy conference, but James, it's just an example of how it seems to be, uh, you know, you think you've got a victory and then next thing you know, here we go again with um, a similar issue and of why we got to stay vigilant on these type of things. Exactly. And, you know, just to be clear, um, Jack is not discriminating in the sense that if you're a homosexual or a a transgender person that you can't come into his shop at all. He's happy to let you come in, buy some cookies, buy a cupcake, buy whatever normal goods he has. He's saying here that he doesn't want to make a custom special cake celebrating your gender transition or your homosexual marriage. And I think that's a key distinction that is getting lost in the media shuffle that um, really helps his case. And the Colorado government just they didn't say we're going to hit you with a fine they were also i mean and and that's problematic there's no question but they also said that he had to train his employees they had to do some type of sensitivity training or whatever it was called at a great cost to him yeah at a great cost to him i mean he lost a lot of business because of the a lot of attention drawn to this issue and and that frankly i believe is the goal of some people i mean they want these folks shut out of business they don't want them to be able to survive and make a living simply because they support marriage between a man and a woman. And so, you know, uh, so here we have this new case and it just, it almost kind of catches us up, if you will, to where things are now. This case with Jack Phillips, I think may have started in 2014, long before the U.S. Supreme Court even ruled on the marriage issue. And so, and that issue was, was pretty hot back then. There's no question. And some of these gender identity issues were starting to come up, but now they're like just, you know, every day you see a different story. And particularly when it comes to bathrooms and restrooms and public schools and locker rooms and shower rooms. We're seeing things happen left and right on these type of issues. So, you know, look, I know a lot of kids are going back to school this week, or maybe you're starting next week. You ought to ask your public school, what is their policy? How are they going to handle their multi-use bathrooms 
if someone that is a biological boy says they want to use the girl's bathroom. We know this has happened in Dripping Springs. We know it's been happening in San Antonio and other places. Really put the responsibility on the school district to tell parents where they are, because that's been part of the problem. They're not telling parents ahead of time where they stand on these issues, and parents are getting surprised by it. And so, but we're going to have one of the lawyers that worked with Jack Phillips, Kelly Fedork, who will be at our policy conference September 7th and 8th. You can still get your tickets, txvalues.org. You'll see that. And I'm sure she'll be talking about where things stand with Jack Phillips. I mean, look, in two or three weeks, we'll see what happens. She works for Alliance Defending Freedom. They've been very active in this issue. They've worked with us on these issues in the state. But, you know, we worked with a private uh, vendor, private company, a private business owner out of East Texas on this type of issue. And this woman and her husband have this um, this bakery, and they were threatened viciously. Their family, individual members, uh, someone threatened to burn their business down. I mean, this is the reaction of some people just because you have a disagreement on views when it comes to sexuality or marriage is that you need to be punished. I guess you need to be viciously attacked. And your businesses need to be burned to the ground? I mean, you know, look, I understand that some people can feel very strongly about this issue one way or another. But, I mean, this reaction just seems to be clearly over the top. And I think that's what the Supreme Court recognized. Look, you know, maybe people disagree on these issues, but this is still America. You know, and, you know, and this issue is still very new. But, I mean, this is still America and people still disagree when it comes to these issues and there's room for that disagreement and there are principles in play here that people should be able to respect. Uh, yes. And, you know, if you want to hear more about this, actually, we will have her at our uh, policy conference. She's going to be um, right. telling her story there as Edith well. Edith Delorum yep. is her name. She is a private business owner. And I'm not sure if the, the shop is still opening now and is still open. I think there was some things that related to this. Um, and so we'll let her tell her story. These are the stories from the front line, I believe, is the segment she's going to be in. I think that's on Saturday. That's correct. Don't just come for Chick-fil-A. I mean, you look, if you're just coming for Chick-fil-A, I don't have a problem with that, okay? Um, you know, if that's part of what motivates you because that'll be a part of the lunch, that's part of the idea. But um, there's a lot more to hear and see. And it's not just for people that, you know, maybe are stay on top of these. You know, we've got this uh, a woman, the conservative millennial, that's going to talk a little bit more about young people and their connection to these some type of issues. We've got a student discount if you want to come. If you're a student discount, maybe you're a law student. Don't think, oh, that's just for like high school students. No, you're working on your master's degree, your undergrad, maybe your homeschool, whatever the case may be. There is a student discount as well. And so we're going to cover a lot of issues. You're going to be able to get up close and personal with some people that are in pretty pretty influential places, and they know these issues pretty well. Uh, you Look, you've been around a lot of conferences. What do you think about the lineup, James? Honestly, I outside of like CPAC, you know, the, the Conservative <laughs> Political Action Conference, which is the biggest conference in the country in D.C., I have not seen a conference with this stellar of a lineup of people. Um, and that's saying a lot because... I mean, CPAC had presidential candidates and everything yeah. else that comes to it. So we're, we're really pulling out all the stops here. Um, it is a, an event that is not to be missed. Well, and look, in just full disclosure, we did have some soft confirmation uh, or some, some soft information that Ted Cruz, um, that they were trying to work on coming, and they gave us permission to say that he was invited because there was, there was a lot of work to try to make it. 
And uh, we did get news either late last week or early this week that um, that, that fell through. He's not going to be able to be there, at least as far as we know at this point. So I know that was in some of our communication early on in the flyer that I'm having now. Um, we're updating the flyers. but so um, So we're disappointed by that, but we know that Senator Cruz is very active and cares about the issues we work on. And I imagine some folks from uh, his team will be attending as well. And so I just want to uh, be upfront about that. That's not to take away from some of the other people in the lineup, though. Not I mean, at all. We've got some, some great folks, including Jonathan Mitchell, who was the former Solicitor General of the state of Texas. This attorney, he clerked for Justice Scalia, who passed away a few years ago. Um, I don't know if it's been two years now, a little over a year. He argued cases at the U.S. Supreme Court on behalf of the state of Texas. He's also a part of our our team, so I think he's the best because of that. Um, he knows these issues left and right. He's a part of our winning legal team against the city of Houston at the Texas Supreme Court and at the U.S. Supreme Court on the same-sex benefits case. And so this guy, I mean, he's got all kinds of information. He's going to be on one of the panels before we run out of time here, I want to just throw in, there's been an issue coming out of San Antonio. I want you to check in. Go on our Facebook page, our Texas Values Facebook page. If you're on there right now watching, once we finish this live feed, you can scroll down and see this. But uh, the city of San Antonio, I believe, has appointed someone to a health department position that is a former abortionist. And a lot of our friends, San Antonio Family Association and others, have been very concerned about this. You know, look, I, I understand the makeup of some of the elected officials at the city of level, city level in San Antonio. So, you know, I, I probably have to say I'm not all that surprised, if you will. That doesn't make it okay. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't voice your concern. It still is, uh, I feel, something that's very concerning in an extreme position. So go to our Facebook page to check that out. James, you've been with us for about a month. I know there's been a lot going on. You're still getting settled in. But, you know, I, I think there's no question, and I just want you to touch on this for a minute, the role that Texas plays, and kind of from your vantage point, seeing that before, but from being in D.C. a lot, are we overstating it sometimes? Or, I mean, is it fairly accurate that a lot of people often are wondering what's Texas doing, and we have a great responsibility, but a great opportunity on these type of issues in our state? No, that's exactly right. I think, um, as you mentioned earlier, kind of not everybody gets to be on the front lines, um, but I, I'm the kind of person who wants to be on the front lines. I want to be out there um, advancing conservatism and advancing freedom and the fights for faith and family and um, everything else that Texas Values does. And the people who are movers and shakers um, at the national level, as well as in other states that are facing uphill battles, um, they're always looking for examples of where things have worked previously. And the first place that everybody looks is Texas. Um, so um, I don't think we're overstating that. And I think um, the more that we do here um, in Texas um, at the state house in Austin, that the better that that helps us um, at the federal level and helps our friends in other states that aren't as fortunate to be Texans. Well, you know, I was in California over the weekend, as I mentioned earlier in the broadcast. And uh, before, as I was leaving, okay, uh, several people said to me that they were looking to move to Texas. And, and look, I'm not. California has a lot of great things about it, a lot of great history there. It has a very important role in our country. You know, a lot of times you'll I mean, you'll see in some of these memes, right? Don't don't California my Texas and so on. I mean, and look, I, I'm fifth generation Texan. So I, I'm a big believer in our state. Um, there's a reason why the Texas flag is a part of our, you know, our graphic and our logo. Uh, I'm about as Texan as they come. But I recognize that, you know, we live in a country where other people 
or in other states, they care just about uh, much about America, but they also care about some of the same values, and they're troubled when they see a state and a place where they've lived really kind of losing its way and ignoring a lot of things that just fundamentally work. You know, it's not so mm-hmm. much a lot of times about politics. I mean, it's about just the reality of economy and so on and people's growing concerns. And then they're attracted to a state like Texas because they see some fundamental principles that they see working. And it's not always easy to do it. It's not easy to be the 10th largest economy in the world, which is what Texas is, and still maintain this balance of freedom and liberty, but economic prosperity and also a support of values, family values and things of that nature. And so, you know, I don't, when I say those things, I'm not you know, really trying to be overly critical of other states, but there is something that's happening in our state. And I don't think there's anything wrong with highlighting that and celebrating it. And I think, you know, even without me saying these type of things, people are attracted to some of the things that are happening in Texas. Look, we'd love to see states like California and others um, adopt some of these same principles so people can live where they live and where they're from and enjoy some of those same benefits, but oftentimes that has not been the case. And so it, you know, it is what it is. And so, but I am, and I'm a little bit under weather, so I apologize for that. Uh, But I'm fighting through it. You know, that's what we do, right? You fight through it. And um, so hopefully my voice will be back to the, the way it usually is. And I'll have a little bit more vigor. Maybe you're enjoying that. Maybe you're enjoying that. I'm not talking as loud (laughs) this week. I have to remind myself of that. People remind me of that from time to time that my voice is a little bit louder than other people. Uh, But hey, look, that's just the way God made me. I have a lot of um, excitement in the work we do. Okay, before I forget, we are a nonprofit, 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you hadn't had an opportunity to donate to us, go to txvalues.org, make a tax-deductible donation today. That's how we're able to have this radio show. That's how we're able to do the work that we do. That's how we're able to have people like James join our team and others. We're going to continue to need more people to be a part of the work we do. And that is included. We do have a job opening right now for a full-time development position, someone who can help fundraise for us, who can help draw more people to be joining our team. Um, James, look, I, we're going to close out here. We got about 30 seconds. Um, look, you've been with us for a month. I mean, you have worked for other nonprofit organizations. I mean, one of the things I think Milton Friedman said, Milton Friedman, Friedman said, there it is. if you you can't save the world if you can't pay the bills. There are some realities that come along with our work. And so I know that part of our true. communications work is you helping us reach more people that will hopefully invest in what we do. Yes. And, you know, we've seen just we've got awesome followers on Facebook and Twitter that, you know, I've started to get to know and interact with a little bit as well. And, um, you know, I, I am happy to say that Texas Values helps me um pay the rent as well. Well, I didn't mean it that way. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I'm <laughs> saying you can appreciate the value and, and, and know the realities that a nonprofit organization, yes. you've got to raise money. Yes, you've got you to do. reach Absolutely. people in, in order to do that. And it's not just for the sake of that. It's in order to um, to put some support by behind the work that we do. Absolutely. So November 17th, before I forget, is our gala up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Our policy conference is September 7th and 8th right here in the greater Austin area. Go to txvalues.org for more information. And we'll be back next week on the Texas Values Report.